When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you as always. Happy Balls McWednesday. Good to have you on board. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew in the house as always. On Twitter, it's at Show. The studio is shifting. We've got weird lighting. I've got things I've got to figure out here. Tom, are you there? Are you in the dark too? Are you good? I can't see you across the through the glass. Hello. <laughs> oh man! So we have some changes that have been made to the studio and and some things that are being adjusted on the fly while we do the show uh, today. Hopefully, it sounds fine, but we'll be we'll be good to go. We'll, we should be all right. And you know, speaking of all right. Uh, I know we did a show yesterday. We did the Seminole Headlines, and uh, me and the fellas got together, recorded that early on Monday. Tom and I did it from the house. So it's first day back in the studio, so it kind of feels like we haven't been around each other in a while. Although we're in constant contact. Uh, we have... Uh, you wouldn't believe the text chain. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. It never ends. So, no, what I, what I was going to say was, it seems like every time we do talk, there's just more good news for Florida State. Like every time, I don't want to spoil it, you know. Knock on wood, things don't change dramatically in the towards the towards the wrong. Uh, but uh, it seems like there's either a rumor that everybody's coming back, or in fact, everybody's coming back. It's 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 all the time. It's omnipresent. And then when the guys that announce they're going to leave come out and say they're leaving, you're like, oh, good. Well, he's insignificant. It's just been great. The ones that you would want to leave are leaving. And the ones that you'd love to stay are staying. So far, so good. You don't get many. I don't think in the years to come we're going to have many portal moments like that where, where you're like everybody you wanted to leave either they weren't good enough, taking up a space, wasting space on the roster, and everybody you wanted to stay, they all fell into the right categories. Very rare. So far, so good. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you got to guard against I don't oh, know, a, a late surprise. I don't even know who would be a surprise at this point. Like, if Jared Verse leaves, you're not surprised. If Fabian Lovett leaves, you're not surprised. At this point, really, the only, I mean, I guess you could say, if you're making a case for a surprise, damn it, I can't believe that just happened. Now, that is disconcerting, and I wish we could go back and do it all over again. Trey Benson, that's the only guy. Every other guy that could tell you he's leaving, you'd be like, okay. Pretty much. That's pretty much. Yeah. I mean, 
but I'm not ruling out a surprise. That, well, you know, okay, I mean within reason. Within reason, sure. Yeah, yeah. within reason. I, I mean, nobody expect. We just found out, for example, uh, go to warchant.com. You can read uh, the updates by the minute. You can certainly see the videos we're posting on Warchant TV every time a name either goes into the portal from the roster, Florida State's roster, or or one uh, decides to stay, or pretty soon, hopefully, the, the ones that are coming in. But, you know, we already had the Jordan Travis announcement that he plans to come back for the 2023 season. That was, I think, all but done the second the clock struck zero on the Florida game. There are details that you have to iron out and make sure that in this era of college football with NIL, there are things that you have to do, dotting I's, crossing T's, and making sure that everything is buttoned up. But in terms of what the intent was from Jordan Travis and what the team felt like, was going to happen, that seemed like a foregone conclusion. Good to have it solidified as such. But then from there, you find out that Kalen DeLoach is coming back. I thought he would. I, I, you know, I don't know where he would go right now, but he's a good football player when he's healthy. I don't think he was healthy in the second half of the season. I think he was a, a, an average to slightly above average player for us in the second half of the season. The first half of the season, he was like shot out of a rocket. And it was just you a couple times you had to catch your breath how fast he was. And I think he was on the verge of having a great season, and it might have been spoiled by some nagging injuries. Um, that's unofficial, just my observations. And good to have him back because he's a hard worker and he cares deeply and he's a good player, so it's good to have him back. Micah Pittman we didn't think was going to leave. He announced that he's coming back as well. Nice Important tweet for him. two phases of the game. You like that for two phases. Yeah, because yeah now special teams. Yeah. Your starting punt returner is back, and that was a lot better. Was it perfect? No, but it went from a D minus or an F to probably a B plus or an A minus. Yeah, B plus seems like a, where I'd max out there, but I, it, that's a hell of a lot better than D So or F. Uh, I think it was an F before. So from an F to a B plus, uh, yes, I'm with you on that. Uh, and then I think he's an integral part of what they do offensively as well with all the blocking and the, and the attitude that he brings to the table every week and the hard work and practice. Like that guy is kind of, uh, well, he, he would he would be a, a living example on a daily basis of the what for that group had this year that we all embrace. Okay, that that's what he is to me. So good, he's there. Uh, and then Renardo Green was your best defense back this year. And he comes back. Now, I don't, again, don't know where he was going. I'm not trying to belittle anybody. I mean, people have choices. They could leave the university. Go to they another could, university. They go to another school. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know why you would at this point. And there aren't too many people that could argue reasons for you to do that. I get if you're Rod Orr and you're never going to play. I get if you're a guy that just doesn't have a future here because you're buried on the depth chart. Keyshawn Hilton. And you're really not playing a lot. And you've got one more year of eligibility and you think you're or two. And you say... Well, I like it here. Guys have been good to me. It's not working out. I can start tomorrow at Marshall. All right, go. Go, go do what you got to do. Nobody's got a problem with that. But everybody that has options that's within the starting group or a major contributor, almost all of them, say for Sam McCall, who, you know, again, rumors that he failed out of school to go with it. So who knows if he had options. The point would be, everybody else is like, yeah, man, I can't wait to come back. So much so that we're sitting here wondering about certain guys like, oh, okay, we'll take you back, but you really ought to take it to the league. You know, it's kind of crazy that there are some thoughts about guys coming back whom we thought there was zero chance they would come back, and they too want to be back. Or at least that's the rumor. So, man, good times. This is just an awful lot. Iris said something yesterday on some of the headlines, I agreed with him on, and, and it's it's a you can do both. It's hard to do, but you can do both. 
immerse yourself within the gratitude of a nine and three season and appreciate the culture and having kicked our way out of that box of despair uh, that each of the last few seasons were like appreciate all that. But you know, I also point out all the time, it's okay to want more. You should, you better have to didn't win anything yet. Haven't won anything yet. Didn't even win your damn division. So, it's awesome to appreciate all this and to look around and say, man, there's a lot of things coming up roses right now. The good players want to stay. The players that need to get on down the road to clear out space for some others that we want to bring in, they're abiding at this point. We got a chance to play a, a name team in Orlando. I tease about going to Orlando, but I'm going to have a blast. We'll all go over there and have a good time. And Florida State will get their 10th win. They'll have the real momentum that we talk about that comes with a 10-win campaign. Maybe they'll have to rely less moving forward on the transfer portal. That would be ideal. But in the interim, you have a means by which to uh, you know, solve some problems in your roster. So, hey. Well, even in the next two seasons, that's the case, too, because I know there's been some confusion out there about how many you can take. At this point in college football's history, because of COVID eligibility and because of the transfer portal and the influx, over 1,000 kids already in the portal, it's just about coming under the 85 or at or under the 85 scholarship number. It's not like a counting deal where this offseason you've only got 25 spaces. So if extra kids do leave and you want to fortify the rotation, fortify your two deep or the future of your program with an outright transfer, you can do so beyond the old thresholds, which is good news for Florida State because now it's about adding those extra final weapons and details. If let's just say everybody came back, let's just say everybody from Lovett to mm -hmm. Verse to Jamie Robinson, my God, this would be a loaded and fully experienced team you would still need to tweak or add maybe one or two pieces. I'm thinking corner. We're in the market now for a Swiss Army knife of an H-back or tight end, depending upon which one you like. There are two good ones out there that Florida State is at least tied to early on in the process. You're a couple of details away here from being able to have really, really high expectations and them not being nuts. Like Final Four playoff, not 12-team playoff, four-team playoff. If everybody came back and you made two or three additions, that's where you'd be. And that's really, really exciting. Really exciting. And now we get into the uh, the, the the tough decisions regarding the roster. We get into the tough decisions with your coaching staff. You get into looking yourself in the mirror and being honest with yourself about how close are we? How many players are we away? Is there a coach that would put us over the top? What's the balance of money spent for incoming players as opposed to high school players? How, how much can we afford? And I don't mean in terms of cost. I mean, how much can we afford? To What percentage of our budget are we placing here? What's the long-term benefit of that? What's the short-term benefit of that? What's the detriment? It, these are fun conversations because they are all centralized around kicking ass, maximizing the kick-ass quotient. That's what we're trying to do here. No more can we just not suck. I bring this up all the time because I think it's important to remind yourself of that. We're no longer having discussions of how to avoid sucking. Like, stop with, I mean, you know, that was forever. That was daily for years. Can we just stop embarrassing ourselves at parties? Get it together. Drink some seltzer water. Keep it together, everybody. And we've gotten to that point. So now we're allowed to imbibe a little. We're trusted. We're trusted. Can you sustain? I don't know. That's tough. That can be very tough, depending on your successes. It could be very tough not to get silly. So the analogy is funny and it's true, but it, I mean, we're really at a good place. Again, a strong, healthy place. And when you look at it, 
you see many teams that you're competing against that are not. And that's another thing that's helpful. This has to be, at least in terms of the roster and what you're able to do with the quality of player that is reaching out to you now, as opposed to you reaching out to them, which both is happening. This has to be a very desirable place. I just don't know why if you're a, you know, I mean, look, there are other good places. I'm not saying Florida State's the only good place. But if I'm a linebacker who I know can really play at a high level and I want a chance to win, but I've got, I need to see proof that that staff does a good job with portal kids and elevates their stock, improves them as a man, as a player, as a leader. You know, what places do I have verifiable proof from players that I could talk to that have done that? Well, how, how many places have more than Florida State? Now, at some point, that's not what you want to fall back on. But in the interim, it's certainly been a very big benefit to Mike Norvell and his staff. So I would imagine the calls being fielded here, and it won't end because, you know, we talk about what can happen after spring even. You got – there will be a lot of discussion and speculation and, you know, curiosity surrounding the roster because it, it, it's going to be a long, drawn-out thing. It's not in this, like, one-week span. Well, that's the thing. You don't want to be quick to make a decision, Coach. Um in this particular era and also at this time on the calendar because you've also got coaching changes going on at different universities and you don't know how that's going to affect your high school ranks. Like, for example, you know, if Auburn was out on a kid that they were recruiting earlier in the season and you're Alabama or LSU or whoever, well, now they've got a new head coach. And is that new head coach going to attract that kid back into the fold? And how does that affect your plan short-term and long-term? Same thing for transfer portal kids or kids that are entering the portal or not. Satterfield leaves Louisville, goes to Cincinnati. Looks like Jeff Brom is now going to return home and be the head coach of Louisville. That report came out a little bit earlier today. All right, if you've got anybody, whether you're Florida State or somebody else, that you're, you're competing with Louisville, the math might change, and that might that might make you less apt to take a three-star player or a project out of the portal. You don't want to make decisions the moment the portal opens unless it's a surefire yeah, difference yeah, maker. Right. Yeah. Because this thing's not going to settle like not even with coordinator and position coach hires, and those guys have connections to kids in the high school and transfer portal ranks too. You kind of want to sit back and let the chessboard play out a little bit before you make those permanent decisions because you don't want to be kicking yourself a month from now saying, oh my God, this kid was going to be available? What have I done? You don't want to do that. I almost sent you a story. I almost forwarded you a story that I read. I was at Oven Park last night looking at the lights with the family. We're just walking around having a good time, and I got – kind of a side eye from my wife when I pulled out my phone because I had a buzz on my phone and I, was, I thought it might be you. I thought you might we might be, you know, a transfer portal video needed to be shot. Hi, buddy. That's all it was. No, I thought it was like, oh, we got to get around. We got to do another video. And so I was reaching for my phone just to see what it was, but it was the news that Jim Leonard is leaving Wisconsin. He, at first he said he was going to stay. So now it's well, he's 100% available. I thought, well, Tom needs to know this. That's all I was going to write. I guess you got roped in because uh, I, I was just about I to didn't forward. get that. I, yeah. I didn't send it. I didn't send it. But I was just going to hit the little forward button and be like, Tom, look at this news. Just broke. <laughs> you would have laughed. Also, if we're being serious, that, that would be a hell of a get. Uh, Z-Chan writes, good day, gentlemen. Is there any inkling about when we will hear about the other dominoes either leaving or staying? I want answers. Love you guys. Go Knowles. See, Chan, I'm gonna, I, I appreciate the support and the contribution. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shine a light on just how kind you are beyond the obvious here. That's not even a question. You, you know that 
there's not there's no real inkling about what we can give you here. I mean, there's just there are deals being struck left and right. You just wanted to give us money. That's what you did. You just wanted to give us money. And I appreciate that. I just appreciate that. You had to think of something, so you just you did that. And I'm not it's not a knock. That's fine. If you just wanted to write, how you doing, fellas? That'd be fine too. Maybe one happens sooner than later. There, there you, go. you go. There you go. There you go. That's all we can say. Maybe one happens sooner than later. Tom could be talking about anything. I could be. But maybe I'm not. But maybe he's not. Yeah, maybe he's talking about something of vital importance to Florida State football. Could be. Uh, I have plenty. I guess we should address a lot has happened in 24 hours. And, you know, there is a, a new collective that we're well aware of. Uh, and we give time to the collectives, plural. Uh, so I'll, I'll touch on that here in a minute, have an opportunity to kind of expound uh, uh, on that a little bit. It's Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's a glorious balls mcwednesday although admittedly at some point tallahassee could see some cool weather that would that would be okay too. It would be more glorious, much more glorious. It is desperately needed. I'm beginning to want in a way that angers. My frustrations have boiled over on numerous occasions in front of my kids as I've walked outside to take them to school early in the morning and thought, why is it 86 and humid? It is 7 a.m. But who knows? It may happen, may not. I'm trying to uh, control the things that I can control. Focus more on the process and not the results. Each and every day, that's what I'm attempting to do. Thomas, very kind, twice over, writes, What's up, Jeff and Tom? JC, I sat right behind you at the Florida game. It made my heart well. I think you wanted to say swell, perhaps. To see you with your dad and boys having a great time. My wife asked me, Why are you so excited to see Jeff Cameron? At a football game. I told her he is FSU football. That's true. I've been listening to him since I was in college in the early 2000s. We are cut from the same garnet and gold cloth. And he's the best FSU radio slash YouTube personality plus ambassador for FSU athletics. There is, period. Thanks. Goodness, Thomas. That is excessive. Profuse praise from Thomas, which I will accept gladly and Note he nailed most of his valid his, his salient points there. That, that, that's true in a lot of ways. We don't want to go around talking about that on the regular, though, Thomas. My goodness. How you were able, Jeff, to type that out in the first segment as you were going through your monologue yeah, and crazy. post that was yeah. really impressive. I didn't even know you were typing about yourself. Well, I can type one-handed and also put together cogent points. 
that's one of the rings things that makes me a great broadcaster. As Thomas pointed out in his astute post. Uh, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. He did yeah, a good job with yeah, that. Uh-huh. By the way, I know who Thomas is. I did see him at the Florida game. We were surrounded by a lot of great people who were very, very excited uh, regarding Florida State, Florida. And it was fun. It was fun to be immersed yet again. Did it last year for the Miami game. I just didn't like the experience of trying to get into the damn stadium, which is absurd, Florida State. I still haven't gotten on a public apology from FSU yet. I'm waiting on this apology for me and on behalf of me and every other Florida State fan that waited upwards of an hour to move a quarter of an inch into the stadium. It, it's crazy. It, they got to do better. I don't know how we're going to re- – how can you recruit to a place that can't get their fans in the stands? How can you get – how can you lure a transfer portal player when fans – are stuck outside in the elements, not knowing whether or not they're ever going to see said transfer portal player. In the heat and humidity of a November night. Should have done what I did. Just sprint at the crowd, scream at the top of your lungs, and they start, they kind of part. <laughs> they move away. It was insane. I'm getting, you know, I, I don't like closely confined situations where you can't move. Get a little uneasy. Didn't bother me when I was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old in the mosh pit or whatever at a concert. Never, never bothered me. It does now. It was much like being outside of Tampa Stadium for the Buccaneers-Patriots mm. game in, yeah. in 1997. 105 degrees. Remember that one? Yes. You and I were both there. We didn't know each other, but we were there. I was 11 years old. Yeah. It was... Uh, I believe Carl the Truth Williams had a big return Oh, that day. my God. Carl the Truth. There were some guys mentioned. Uh, the, I want to get circle back to something here in a moment. Uh, the there was two Buccaneers that Otner is on the verge of catching. Otten or Otten, what I call him, Otner. Yeah, I'm thinking of Tom Ortner. Uh, no, the yeah. So it was it was two Buccaneers from thirteen and fifteen at tight end that had more catches. They're the only two Bucks rookie tight ends to have more catches than Otten has this year. And he's well on his way to passing them. I don't remember either one of them. Never heard of those two guys in my life. Safarian Jenkins? No, no. Not these Safarian Jenkins. No, 2013, 2015, two guys. I'm like, I don't know who these two people are. I've never heard of them. Apparently, they led the Bucks in receptions a couple times. Never even heard of them. <laughs> That's how forgettable those teams were. I'm like, who the hell is that dude? Well, here's hoping that's like how we're talking Larry about. Larry Smith had 37 receptions his rookie year in 2013. Who the hell is Larry Smith? Here's hoping that's how we talk about the period of time from 2017 to 2020. Three years from now, four years. Remember him? Oh, my, oh God, my God. I totally forgot. I do do that as a fan. All I, of I, these 10-win yeah. seasons, I had forgotten what it was like. It's crazy. I do do that, by the way, as a fan. If you're part of the lost decade, if your name comes up, I can quickly, my brain will scramble and go, oh, yeah, he did this. This year was pretty good. This is how disappointing that season was. And then I move on. But it's there. It's that my brain has categorized it in some distant place. It's not readily available. You have to say the name. So if you say it, I'm like, oh, he was on that suck-ass 2016. That's right. Yeah, he was the best of the worst. So that like that kind of thing happens. But if you were all part of a good team, you could have contributed next to nothing. I mean, oh, I miss him. But he was that glue guy. He was really <laughs> he was great at practice, that guy. It's the difference between Todrick Verdell and Ant McLeod, right? Right. Right. Yeah, there were there are a lot of guys whose names, when you bring them up, you're like, wow, haven't heard that one in years. 
Sure, he's a great guy. Except, was part of some terrible teams. Except for a lost decade mainstay, Moses McCray. Oh, that's my guy. Go tell it to Moses McCray. On that bike every day. Rain or shine. Always hot and humid. Go tell it to Moses McCray you can't practice today. Go tell him. Go look at that man. All 600 pounds of Moses McCray riding his ass off on that bike. Trying to be a better man for this team. And you don't want to practice today because it's humid. Yeah, that, that I miss Moses. I hope he's doing all right. I hope he's doing all right. So I said I was going to address there's a new collective, Battles End, and I'm excited about this. I think that it's important that we note any time there is a group of people, even if relatively unknown in the uh, burgeoning stages of their development, uh, and, and, you know, who's associated with or whatever it might be, if it's a collective that is interested in bettering Florida State football or Florida State athletics, it gets a mention from me. I, I know a lot more about it than than maybe some others. It's not something right now that I'm making a topic other than to note there is a new collective willing to help Florida State University out, in particular the football program, and you need collectives like that. And that's a good thing, and I salute them and doff the cap. Yeah, the thing I'd, I'd say, just generally speaking, mm -hmm. is if you're going to be a collective in the Florida State athletics landscape, even though you're not affiliated whatsoever with the university, as long as football is your first, second, or, and third priority, yes, sir. then that's a good thing for all of us. That's a good thing for all Knowles. And that's the important thing moving forward is when you're comparing collectives and, and you're doing you know your homework, it's almost like joining a coaches club. I brought that up weeks ago, which is I would like to see a little process if you're going to contribute to Battles and Rising Spear, whatever. There are many others. Where is my money going? You know, can I earmark that my donation to the goes very specifically to the new to the, starting tight end at Florida State University? Why can't you designate Brooke, what yes. sport you want? Correct. You know, you're, and I, it's your money. Of course, you can do that at the booster level. I move that we should be able to do that for the collective level. I think, but it sounds like at least when you're window shopping, you might be able to get an idea of who is putting all of their putting the the eggs in the basket for what sport. You should be able to know that before you make your decision. Yeah, Battleson's going in on football. It's what it seems like. That sure looks that way to me. So, acknowledged and celebrated, and anything that is going to allow Florida State to have a better opportunity to compete for what is now free agents. In the world of college football, I say bravo. We had others who asked questions, and I failed them, and I would like to get to them in this moment. I believe Mark asked a question. I have a question about the 85. What is stopping a team from bringing in players as a preferred walk-on and have an NIL deal pay their scholarship. I don't think anything. I mean, even if there is something. Woo! Thanks, Mark. I This always makes some people uncomfortable, probably people at Florida State, and in particular there are some people even within our group that get uncomfortable with this. But I will tell you, again, I'm trying to win some ball games around here, Mark. I'm trying to win some ball games around here. If there's a rule against it, okay. Who's enforcing that? Not the NCAA. Well, and for me, even still, what I would say is the 85 threshold, it's going to keep you in line. It's not like it's it's 30 players. It's just, you only have 30 dudes on scholarship right. for 22 starting spots. You know, So how much do you really need? How many more do you need? Right. right. I yeah. get that some universities have approached when it comes to assistant coaching hires and support staffs. <laughs> they, well, I need 100. 
You need 100 men to break down the film of Auburn against LSU. Have yes. and not need as opposed yes. to need not have, baby. Live by it. But I, I don't, there's no undercurrent of it being pervasive that no. schools are hoarding 100 and 110 players and just paying them off. It is very unlikely it's going to happen. It's probably entirely unnecessary. I think the question was, what is stopping a team? I don't think much. I mean, I think you could, if you were hell-bent on having 105 players, you could shield them in a way that people wouldn't be able to know. But I don't, I mean, that's not something a lot of people are going to do, uh, especially now where kids will leave and they're the 35th best player on a team, let's, let alone 107th, and they're like, I'm not going to play for a year? I'm not waiting a year to play. I'll leave right the hell now. Look at the mass exodus from Clemson yesterday and Texas A&M and all these other places where I'm sure they're paid well, and they're certainly at a prestigious place. They're not waiting around. First sign of trouble, first sign they're not playing as much as they wanted to play or they don't like that coach or they, the locker room sucks or anything, the weather. They can decide, I'm out. I'm homesick. I'm leaving. That's also got to be part of the new math is the current staff. If you're a mercenary on the trail but you can't develop, that's going to lead to kids leaving your side of the football once they get on campus. So you actually have to strike a better balance now probably than you ever did. It's an early working theory, but I, I like, think there's something to oh, it. Oh, I like this, Tom. I like this because I have a theory, and I've had this for some time, about what's going to become more important. And it's not recruiters. Chef Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, and all of a sudden this thing sounds better. Did you do something weird? You know, the way I did the down fade on this particular break transition, yeah. it sounded like it snapped something into place. It, just, I, it, my, it, it clearly it went, did. It went click. Yeah. Yeah. That's so strange. You're welcome. You didn't even mean to do it. That's what nearly 15 years at a control <laughs> board will do for you, buddy. Drive this thing like a Maserati. Oh, man. Hey, what's a, what's a Maserati going for these days? Can't be that much. I saw two of them in the last week. You don't just ride around and see Ferraris every which way to Sunday, but I don't know. Maybe like... Uh, I'm not a car guy. I don't, I don't know a damn thing about cars. Two Jared Versus. I don't know. <laughs> I want to get to my point a moment ago. And I will in a moment, but I'll recognize George's contribution to the program today. Happy day, JCS. What's up with these recent opinions? We could achieve a national title next year. Am I the only one that isn't letting these years under overachievement overblow next year's expectation? No, George, you're not. I, I don't think we can win a national title next year. Mm -mm. Some of my cohorts might, George, but not this guy. Woo! I think... Uh, we're a couple years away from saying that's going to happen. But a Listen, playoff berth is a different thing, though, because yeah, is, I mean, is, yeah. every year we mm -hmm. go, well, that four seed doesn't have much of a chance. We could be that four seed that doesn't have much of a chance. Dare to dream. Yeah, we weren't that far removed from being that four seed that has much of a ch not much of a chance this year. I mean, LSU was dangerously close to being that fourth team, and you saw what they were. Good, but not a great football team. And they won the freaking West. Hard division to win. So, yeah, we weren't far away. Uh, I think, and I got into this, and I, I, I get back into this time and again. Just because a team, 
whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, who now owns the Big Ten over the last couple of years, got to start saying that instead of Ohio State, although they're in the playoff again. Georgia, who's the king of the SEC right now, and thus the king of college football as the reigning national champion in an undefeated regular season I yet that again. that was Chuck Oliver. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm a regular on Chuck's show, so I'll off the cap a little there. But uh, anyhow, what I was going to say is that just because a team like that has games like, and we'll use this again, Georgia did against Missouri this year, a game they probably should have lost. 16-6 to against Kentucky didn't exactly move the needle for one to, you know, proclaim from atop the hill, there's nobody that can beat this team. Like, even your best teams have those kinds of games. And what that does to a starving fan base who's knocking on the door of major relevance again is create a mindset that they could go and win that game. We could go beat Georgia. We could, man, look, could we, in the right set of circumstances, with some help, beat a Georgia, beat a Ohio State? We, we could. What's the larger percentage chance that we're going to lose? Much greater. What If they played 10 times at a neutral site, who wins that game? Georgia, like 8 out of 10 times. Maybe, more, maybe 9 out of 10. If we get one. Don't look at those sporadic up-and-down performances, which are often brought on again by the whims of emotions of a college kid who's bored, whose film told them this team doesn't match up and went through the motions. Because we did that when we were great. We did that with 29 straight wins. 2014 was an example of how in the hell is this team in the game with that team? Every week. Every week was Missouri. Every week. It was bizarre. But if you went player for player and you just looked at what those guys were compared to those other guys and you assumed at any point in a playoff or a game that mattered of that magnitude that they were actually going to show up and you were going to have their attention, (laughs) then I think we knew what the deal was, right? Florida State against all those teams they played close games with that year in 2014 on a neutral site and it mattered like something was at stake. Doling out ass whippings is what they're doing, just like Georgia would to us. So when I judge it, when I look at it, I go, okay, look, let's look at them player for player. Let's look at NFL projections because there's a level of objectivity in that. Like, I ain't out here trying to get fired if I'm drafting for the Eagles, so I'm not going to willy-nilly take a guy from a school I like. I'm going to find out if he can play to the best of my ability. So there's some objectivity there. Florida State's not close. They don't have a lot of NFL guys. Just Go watch the draft this year. Ain't going to be Florida State guys flying off the board. There will be with Georgia, just like it was a year ago. There have been at Ohio State and Alabama and others for the last several years. We got to get to that place. We got to get to a place where you have stockpiled the number of athletes to such that you could lose 12 of them in one draft and go undefeated the next year. That's what we're shooting for, and that's a different level. That doesn't mean you can't appreciate 9-3 and three. this year. You can do both, and I think we all are. But keep your eye on the prize, because you're not here to be pretty good. You're here to win national championships if you're Mike Norvell. And as Florida State fans, that's the expectation. You can have those expectations. You're allowed to have them. This isn't Wake Forest. This is Florida State. If you look at the game's history, you're allowed to have them. Look at what Florida State is in that game's history, as opposed to several other schools who have a fly-by-night good year, a nice run, TCU. 
you know, I mean, that's there's a very big difference. So you're recruiting to that end. You're transfer portaling to that end. You're collecting to that end. That's, that's where you're trying to go, is that you want to look at those teams, in particular in the trenches, the offensive and defensive lines, and say, do we have the hosses on both sides of the ball that could endure a setback of four or five guys in a season and really not skip a beat, say, for maybe in the most high-profile best game we play against the best team. Everybody else, we still have enough. We could still easily win those games and not fret. We might have some up-and-down performances, uh, but there was no question who the better team was. Florida State's not in that place. We saw that when Fabian Lovett went out, this was a different group. And he's one guy, and he's not even a dominant player. He's just their best defensive lineman. That's where you got to get to. So when we start asking questions like, can somebody compete to win a national championship next year just because they had a 9-3 and season this year, it's different than, well, look at some of these teams and some of the tough games they had during the regular season. That's not what you do. You don't do that. You look at their roster. You look at the roster, the talent, and the depth of talent, what they have by way of comparison to what you have. And we're not close when it comes to Georgia. Very few people are. Very few people are. It, you're right to point out, well, God, by that standard, Jeff, every other college football team is screwed. But, yeah. And then guess what they're trying to do? <laughs> Unseat that guy. We were that guy. We, and not all that long ago, we were that guy. We were the envy. What pissed everybody else off. Instead of being the one pissed off. That's what we were. And we can be again. Damn it, man. So that's fun, and it's an interesting conversation. It's a different way of looking at whether or not you're close, as opposed to a record, a singular good season, a bad game from a top team against a team that you beat, you know, something like that, because we do that all the time. We all do the transitive property thing. Well, you know, we beat LSU. I mean, look at that. They won the West. So (laughs) this is how this works. And it's fun. And I still didn't get back to what I was going to say about coaching, which I will in a moment. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's answer it. Uh, the, we were talking about coaches and what's needed as we move forward, and Tom brought up development. He talked about how I mean, we were kind of in the in the weeds a little bit about transfer portal and recruiting, and towards the end of the segment, I said, moving forward, we talk about how coaching staffs are made up and what's going to be important, and I said, in my mind, it's less so about recruiters. You know, there was a time where guys got hired not based on coaching acumen, but solely based on relationship building. Guys that were bagmen, for lack of a better term, or known as elite recruiters, which is code for bagmen, and in some cases. And I think there would be less of that now that it's all on the table. It's all out there in the open. Everybody knows you can pay a player. So you no longer have a distinct advantage that you're one of the schools who is actively cheating and you're the guy who's known to help facilitate that. That's no longer an advantage. Like, you were the guy. Not every school was involved in that. Not every school could do it. A lot of schools and administrations and athletic departments didn't want to take that risk. The ones who were playing ball were very well known by the elite athletes. And 
those coaches were the guys, the, the liaison between the bag men, the money people, and, you know, a way for coaches to be able to keep their hands clean, right? Like plausible deniability, just like in government, right? Everything political. I mean, plausible deniability. It's going on. Everybody knows it's going on, but I can't be tied to it. So that's how coaches states got. Now, none of that exists anymore. You're allowed to just pay players. You're allowed to tell them, look, I'll give you 100 grand to come here. Don't you just say, first time you meet him, you can say it. It's great. You don't have to do any of that stuff. So how valuable is the recruiter? Well, if he was, by definition, the guy who was the liaison of which I speak, the bag man, the reason that you could get money to parents or cars or whatever it might be, well, those guys don't mean much anymore. Relationship building will always matter. Those coaches who can recruit because they really did connect with kids and parents will still be of great value because not everybody has the personality to be a great recruiter. Not everybody connects real well with kids. So in order to get into a position where you can even offer kids money, you better have a guy that can connect to said kid and or his coach or parents or decision makers around him. So that will always be important. So you will always judge your roster of coaches uh, on, uh, not just on whether or not they're doing a good job, which is important, but whether or not they can build relationships in the world of recruiting so that you can get to the place where if an offering is necessary, you have the kind of relationship where it will be received well. But once they're here, Tom, to your point, once they're here, it will be about development. It'll be about coaching. It'll be about how much better is your staff than any other, let's say, at developing these kids' skill sets. That's a cool thing that's going to be a byproduct of this, I believe, because it's no longer on the impetus of can you get a kid paid? under the table, and do you have a system in place in order to do that? No, no, we can pay them. Everybody knows we can pay them just like the next guy, but I'll tell you what, we'll do better than them. If the money's equal, we'll develop them. That's a conversation we had in the summer in which I said, look, if you're if you're 50-50 on extending a coach or not, and they're good at development, what's a cheaper alternative for you? To spend more money in the portal or more in the NIL pool or the buyout of the coach and then bring in another coach? Now, that's the thing is, is yes, I believe we've had a lot of coaches over the last 10 years that have failed for different reasons. And some of them have failed not because they weren't good coaches on the field, but because they couldn't secure the recruits. They couldn't close on either early signing day or in February in the old signing day. Right. Like, man, it's, it's too bad. He's a great man. Great man. Good leader. Everybody loves him in that building. The coach's room loves him. He's their favorite. But he can't close, so he can't be here. I'm just hoping that that guy is now extended more often than not because you can facilitate these other parts, these other wings of the college football roster building somewhere else and allow that dude to still be beloved because then that guy's going to be a feather in your cap for kids staying, coming back for an extra year, not accepting $25,000 more to go to a different Power 5 school versus the one they're currently at. That's where they're going to be an asset to you, and that's where also – Mike Norvell has had a really good track record of bringing in good guys that yeah. people like. Well, it's an interesting situation. He now has access to uh, a bigger pool of really good guys. And so he's no longer limited of picking the two or three good guys that he sees from a pool of 10. He now has the college football landscape. Now, you're not going to walk into you know Georgia and snatch their starting uh, you know their defense coordinator or whatever I mean you know what I mean but for the most part he's got access now they're, they're returning calls if you see each other at the coaches convention it's not like well you can't do me any good dude you're gonna be fired in a year yeah now that coach is going hey Mike 
How you doing? Oh, that's interesting. You looked the other way last year, coach, when I was walking mm. down the same hallway. No, I didn't see you. But you I couldn't must've... blame that, coach. You wouldn't. You know, I, I swear. I didn't see you. <laughs> well, I didn't see you. I called to you. But if you're Mike, you could never take that personal because the truth is he'd do the same in a different set well, of circumstances. If you're Mike, you could never believe that because anytime Mike's with interact interacts with somebody, he yells at volume 15. Right. That's true. Hi, Jeff. That's that's what he'd do if he saw you in, in a hallway. <laughs> he would. He would, and that's great. That's fine. That's who he, He's consistent in that regard. Yeah, very. Very, very consistent in that regard. Thomas wants to assure you, Tom Wang, that he is a real person, the author of that recent post. In fact, he wrote, writes, laugh out loud, we met in NOLA at the Howland Wolf just before my group was leaving to catch dinner at Popeye's. I mean, port of call. <laughs> Woo! Oh, boy, man. oh, boy. You are really committing to this, aren't you, Jeff? Oh, you like the way that I keep... One hand typing while we're you even searched here. for like a, a Noel and Noel and Son Google Images. You yeah. saved it down. You made that your avatar. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I appreciate the commitment. Uh, I'm laughing at again where we're at. We're squabbling over the good things now as a fan base. We're arguing over um, whether or not. I guess Mike is reaping the reward via recruiting that he should have or should be after a nine and three season. So that's good. That's good because that means expectations have once again been ratcheted to a place where we expect him to do elite things on the regular and has now had this kind of success. It proves it's possible. We'll see. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or TV.